All right, guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. Today is going to be a fun one. We've got an interview with Nate Edwardson, who, if you you don't know his name by now, I'm sure you will soon. He's been growing rapidly in popularity on YouTube. Uh, But I would say at the very least, I'm sure you recognize his face for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think what Nate's been doing is a very interesting way that he's adding value to to not only golf in general, but golf YouTube for sure space uh, in the way that he's been breaking down YouTube golf news. Yeah, people are eating it up. They absolutely are. And it's so funny. Like it's just as we move into a world that's a little bit less of the conventional, like before it was like the PGA tour and, and things like golf channel would report on the news. Now, as we've seen explosive growth in YouTube, uh, YouTube golf, now having somebody who can very, eloquently and and con- not only that like consistently the amount of videos he puts out is, is tremendous consistently report on that i think it creates a huge value for us as fans of youtube golf sure um so i'm excited to dig in and and find out a little bit more about nate's background like how how did he get into this how did he get into youtube golf but the big question that i'm holding out to answer ask him is as someone who consumes so much youtube golf uh, what's the direction? Where are we headed? Yeah, that's what I want to find out. And I also want to find out about YouTube Masters because I know he got the invite to go out there from Rick Shields. Yeah. Like, I want to know how did that come about? You right. You know, I mean, you've only been doing this for five months. Right. Imagine, I mean, put yourself in those shoes of a guy like Nate who like started a channel, like zero subscribers, yeah. just just the end of last year, and now is getting the invite from the biggest golf YouTuber, you know, Rick Shields, to come out to one of his events. So, Definitely a story there. Definitely a lot to dig into. So let's go ahead, jump right to our interview now. Let's get Nate Edwardson on the show and start asking him questions and find out exactly where he's come from and where he is headed. Let's go to that interview now. All right, this is exciting. We've got Nate Edwardson on the pod here. Nate, welcome to the channel. It's great to have you here. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. I want to talk about specifically about your YouTube channel. It's been uh, it's been fun watching along the tremendous growth that you've had. Um, I think you've you've definitely hit a nerve with something that people were really looking for. You know, you launched the channel just towards the end of last year in December. And just in that short of a span, you've grown to over 20,000 subscribers. Uh, I know we watch you regularly. A lot of people watch you regularly to really catch up on the YouTube golf news. So give us a little bit of, of background about yourself and, and what led you to ultimately decide to to pull the trigger and launch this type of a channel on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, so I've been doing YouTube full time now for like three to four years, something like that. Um, I have another channel, it's just Nate Edwardson. And that was the channel I first started playing around with YouTube in like five years ago, just making vlogs or whatever but i started taking it seriously about three years ago in the crossfit niche um and i had an idea for that it took off it was more of like documentarian blog style content but then towards the last maybe year and a half i started doing like more kind of like news commentary type content covering the sport of crossfit and i really enjoyed that kind of content and i felt like it, it was very like real and natural to me because i've always like i was definitely a kid in class that was like oh he talks too much but you know people tend to listen to him or whatever which is like a a bad thing in class because you know you make them do stuff they're not supposed to so i've always had this ability to like talk to people and so it's just always felt really natural to make this kind of content so basically i mean the i wish i could tell you there was some like grand inspiration or like some like genius plan to like come in and do something different in the golf space and whatever but like 
I literally just fell in love with golf, you know, in the last two years. This will be my second summer playing, and I got so obsessed so quick. I watched every single PGA Tour event. Um, I just love it, and through that, I found Golf YouTube, and I've been watching that for years now and listening to, like, foreplay and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was in December. It was, you know, like most of us, we saw that post from Good Good about the breakup, Grand Michael leaving, and I just remember, like, thinking to myself, like, number one, this is crazy. And I had all these questions, but then like all these like pseudo answers where I'm like, well, from a perspective of someone who's done YouTube forever and has seen groups and really I've studied the platform for the three years, like YouTube is just as much a passion for me as golf. And so I kind of had all these thoughts about, you know, why would they leave? Like, here are some reasons why maybe whatever. So I was just like, literally we were taking my dog for a walk with my girlfriend. I was like, I think I might like make a TikTok. Like, I'm just going to like make a TikTok on like a, a TikTok account that had no followers really. And I'm just going to talk about it from like my perspective, just like for fun. I don't know why. So I did that. And within like a day, that TikTok had like 200,000 views. It was just like, boom, out of nowhere. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So I'm like, let me just try to like copy and paste what I was saying on YouTube. Like, let's just see what happens. Um, I thought at first I was just going to make a YouTube short, but then I was like, man, let's just like make a video and let's just see. So yeah, zero uh, channel, zero subscribers, zero views post a video you know obviously it has like i go to bed that night and has like five views as a channel with zero subscribers typically will happen in the first 12 hours of a new video um but then i woke up the next morning and there was like four thousand views and by the end of that day there was like eight and i was like oh that's sweet but i kind of thought that's where it like capped um so i just kind of left it alone and then i came back to sign out of it a day later to sign into my main channel to post a video and i noticed i had like 150 subscribers like, where did I get 150 subscribers from? And so I go look, and the video is sitting at like 34,000 views in like less than 48 hours. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and like, as someone who's like, obviously, like I said, like I'm obsessed with YouTube. Like I love the platform and whatever. So I'm just like, oh, this is hitting. Like this is hitting. Like to have a channel, zero views, zero subscribers, get that on a first video. It's like, you know, something's working. So then it was just an extrapolation process of like, all right, why is this working? Like there's, you know, as much as it's like, oh, well, it's good, get broke up. That's big news. It's like, there was also, and you guys know this, there was also 50 random small channels making videos about the good, get breakup initially. So like, why was mine hitting? Why was mine getting these views and others won't work? And uh, so I just had to like extrapolate on that and figure out what my value prop was. And then I really just kind of tried to like be super consistent and, and start building this you know, sort of like trust in the community. And I think that's kind of what allowed those videos to keep snowballing. Yeah. And, and speaking of consistent, I mean, from that time, the news seemed to come fast and furious for a bit, you know, especially with, mm -hmm. with good, good breakup and, and just the different mm -hmm. angles you could take that with Micah and Grant and all those types of things. So how difficult was it for you to like kind of stay at the forefront of that because you're right like there were a mm -hmm. lot of other people who were also reporting on it so there's also the timely factor i would imagine mm -hmm. a you had to be watching a lot of content to make sure that you've mm -hmm. got all of the the stories but also you probably had to be ready to turn the camera on at any time and start recording yeah absolutely i mean you have to like i say this to, to young people all the time or anyone who like messages me and is like asked about like this is just happening in the crossfit days too like people ask like hey i want to start a youtube channel like what's your advice da, da, da. and like, it's always just like you just you really have to go all in like if you really want it to be successful like it has to be everything to you and like 
you know, I think a huge part of that is like, especially with this style of content is hundred percent commitment to the audience and commitment to doing what you do, which is in this case, it's talking about relevant things happening in the world of golf and golf YouTube. And so for me, it definitely like getting on things immediately being willing to drop everything. And like, it's how I build my life, right? Like, so I'm, I guess, lucky in the sense that like, I've been doing this now for a few years. So like, YouTube has been my full time job and is my full time job. But like, I purposely like, don't make plans more than like a couple days in advance. And like, I don't like having things on my schedule. And I don't really want to commit to stuff because like, I want to be like, I like to form my day the day of because every morning, I wake up and after I read and drink my coffee, the first thing I do is like, figure out if there's a video. And if there's a video like that's happening before I do anything else. And I've just like rinsed and repeated that mentality for the last like year and a half, two years. And yeah, if you don't have that, like it's going to be tough to like be as consistent with the content. Yeah. And I can only imagine, and especially in that beginning, like when you first started and and especially in the golf world, I mean, sure, you were well known in the CrossFit world, but in the golf world, not so much you didn't have like an inroad to guys like you didn't know in advance that they're going to be announcing something. You're watching it along just like the rest of us. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I knew nothing. Like it's funny how, like, because now how like quickly I feel like I've been accepted by a lot of these people and creators in the community. Like it blows my mind. Like you guys see him like my reaction videos and like Rick Shields and the YouTube masters. I'm like, what is happening? Right. I don't know. People yeah. are like, act like you've been there before. I'm like, Bro, I came off my couch. I came off my couch three months ago. None of these people knew who I was. None of you knew who I was. And all of a sudden, invited the YouTube Masters. Like, you would be freaking out too. So, like, yeah, it's nuts, man. And like, coming in without that, and then and now having this little acceptance. I think people think maybe, or like, I don't. No one's really ever said this, but I would assume maybe new people finding my channel are just like, oh yeah, like this is just how it is. But like. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like, there was no audience crossover, I don't think. Like, I think maybe, like, 10 people from my CrossFit channel came over. Like, it's very, they don't care. Like, I remember I posted, when I first started getting into golf, I, I posted, like, two on-course videos on my CrossFit channel. Because it was, like, also, like, a blog channel. I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing now. And, like, I've never seen videos get such low views. Like, I got, like, maybe 300 to 500 views on those videos on a channel that was consistently pulling, like, 10 to 25,000 views a video. So, it was, like nobody cared so it and it's definitely been like i've had to build this this audience is completely different so it's been uh it's been a fun and interesting process but like for someone who's such like a a nerd about youtube and like a student of game you could say it's been super cool and i've learned so much from it and i've just loved it so well and with this wild success that you've seen with this format how much then do you stick to that format that you know that's working versus experimenting with some stuff that you might want to try i know you've been dabbling with even some of your on-course stuff on this channel Mm -hmm. like how Mm -hmm. do you walk that balance and say like i want to i want to give the audience what they're asking for but at the same time like i want to do the stuff that i want to experiment with too like where do you land with something like that yeah no it's a great question It's it's a great one for like any aspiring creators to listen to and it's like my my take on it is like there's so there's a venn diagram right there's like there's what you as a creator enjoy doing because if you're if you're not making content that you enjoy you're going to burn out fizzle out and die like it's not going to work it doesn't matter how successful you think it's going to be like for example like if someone sees what i'm doing and i'm seeing like little channels pop up here and there that are like doing similar stuff or have been or whatever but it's like if you're the type of person that like you get anxious 
to like talk to a bunch of people. You're super concerned what people think about you and you need to sit down for three hours and write out a script before you can talk to the camera about your opinions on YouTube golf and you don't really enjoy it. This style of content's not for you. You're going to burn out and fizzle out. You know what I mean? Like you have to mm -hmm. find something that you enjoy doing and that's natural to you. But then you also have to figure out what does an audience want? What is something most importantly, what is something they're not currently getting? You know what I mean? Like if you're, if I just started this YouTube golf channel and I just started doing on course videos, I promise you I'd be getting three views a video still. Like absolutely. Cause there are so many people doing that content who are so much better than me. Why would anybody care about this random guy making on course videos when they could watch good, good, when they could watch Bob the sports, when they could watch Michael, when they could watch Grant, you know? So it's like, it's about finding something that the audience like an audience would care about and would convince them to listen to this guy who they've never heard of talking in what everyone calls a closet um, and, <laughs> you know, whatever. So it's like you find those two things and then the intersection between them. And that's where the content really lives. And then also like what YouTube wants is the third part of that, that diagram. So you kind of have to think about like, you know, obviously I can't just come on here and just like start shooting flamethrowers everywhere because that just won't work because YouTube won't want that and it'll get pushed down or whatever. But the biggest part of the puzzle, I think, is like, what do you like doing? And then what does YouTube, or sorry, and what does your audience want? And then finding that crossover. So for me, it's like, I'm lucky in the sense that like, this content is genuinely the content I love making probably the most. Like, the close second is stuff I'm going to be doing next week, which I'm so excited for, which is like, more like documentarian vlog style content. That's the other side of YouTube that I really enjoy. Um, so like, for example, like I'm going to the, the good, good championships in Scottsdale and I'm going to have my camera and it's going to be just a lot of this, a lot of like walk, talk and document. And that's mm -hmm. like, just like being immersed in everyone, meeting all these creators and just like showing behind the scenes style stuff and like vlogging our trip and our experience. And like, I've seen that type of content enough and I know the value of it. I know how to make it interesting, I think. And it's content I gen like I've done in the past and I just genuinely love so much and I think the audience is really gonna love it and I think it's something that's not really currently out there um so it kind of checks all those boxes you know so for me those are those kind of I think going to be the two pillars the encore stuff is like it's fun but honestly man like I like playing golf to play golf like I don't yeah. I don't love filming myself play golf that much um right. I'll do it in certain scenarios like I have a couple ideas when I'm down in Scottsdale and like of course, if anyone ever invited me to play with them on their channels, I'd love to do that. But like, I love, I, I treat golf almost like I'm like a pro. It sounds funny, but like almost like I'm a pro because I have the lifestyle to do it. You know what I mean? Like outside of making YouTube videos, I have a good amount of time to devote to training, which I have a background in, and then just obsessively practicing and trying to get better at golf. So like, I almost want my like golf career to be like separate from my golf YouTube career a little bit. Yeah. Um, because yep. it also is good for your brain to like not, have everything be one thing you know like golf is still an escape for me a little bit and it's still something else to focus on that isn't youtube so i kind of like that you know yeah. plus i don't I'm think like there's any reason we need another golf youtuber unless i'm going to offer <laughs> something completely <laughs> different which i'm not like i have no ideas to like innovate the on course golf youtube content there's enough like i don't think we need more but someone yeah, can well, prove me wrong and i'd love no, to see you're it, you're right. We've seen an explosion in the amount of people doing the encore stuff, but every once in a while too, you see somebody who comes along who's just hits a nerve and they're doing a little bit different. We, we like I said, mm -hmm. we just had Busta Jack on the show. I think those guys have taken a space that was already a little bit saturated and did their own thing and it's 
clear that they're getting that success from it. Yep. But uh, you're right. Like this for we've been doing our on course content for so long now and we've got a lot of people who've asked how do you do it how do you accomplish it and one thing we say is like i know this kind of sounds funny but you kind of have to not care too much how well you play like if if how well you play is the most important thing to you then don't bring a camera with yeah. you because at the end of the day to yeah, yeah, yeah. make entertaining content you have to be thinking about it you have to be placing in different mm -hmm. places the camera so we definitely uh, mm -hmm. understand where you're coming from there um, one thing I wanted to ask you is obviously there's a point where as you started, you're reporting on the news and the value proposition there, at least for us as people who watch you is that you summarize things in a way that's understandable. Uh, you're able to not necessarily take sides in certain things and, and kind of see both sides of it, but also present what could be different alternate, uh, explanations for something. And that was like kind of on the outside. Now, as you said, you're being accepted by the community. You're moving more towards the inside. Now you're going to be at events like with Rick Shield and some of these other guys. And we've seen you before on your CrossFit channel do some of these day in the lives, things like that. So I guess expanding on that a little bit more, now that you've been more accepted, now you're kind of crossing that wall from being an outsider reporting to a guy who's in the mix where does that then take your channel going forward? Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's something I've actually been kind of like jostling with a little bit here and there in my head because, you know, it it's funny. It's like I, I obviously want to have relationships with these guys and I enjoy having relationships with them. But it's it's like a, a bit of a narrow line to walk where it's like, you know, I still think a huge part of the channel will always be the like news commentary stuff. And I want to stay completely unbiased with it. And I want right. to just give my real opinions. And I think part of the thing with me is like, I have never and will never claim to be a journalist. I don't want to be anything like a journalist. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is just like, it's like water cooler conversations at the gym. You know, like I'm just like the bro giving the con or the conversations to the other bros. And I'm doing my best, like you said, to like summarize things and give and, you know, I put effort into it. I'm not just like whatever, but it's like, I want it to be much more of like the common man perspective, um, which sometimes will be me saying, you know, X, Y, Z, like Micah, I love Micah, but I kind of like, I didn't roast him, but I kind of was like, man, the YouTube golf championships, like that's a bold move to say that. And like the Sunday matches and like stuff like that, like, you know, I get those things out sometimes and I need to be able to keep doing that because otherwise the audience will be like well now you're just like soft to this and yeah, you're not totally. actually like saying what you really think so that's where I can never go but the nice thing is I think and I hope is that I'm just not a confrontational person I'm not I'm not a dramatic person I don't care about like little stuff and I I mean you see it with like the yesterday or two days ago with the Bob the sports thing but Robert Berger posted a podcast. He said he made nine figures. Um, so I made a video of it and the video was doing amazing. And he DMs me. He's like, hey, I misspoke. Like, is there anything we can do about that? You know, some people would be like, well, screw you. Sorry, you said it. All I did was say what you said and the video is doing really well. So I'm just going to leave it. You know, like I'm more than happy to like delete that video and then make another one being like explaining the situation and be here's right. what it is. You know what I mean? So like, I don't, I'm definitely not doing all it takes to like, you know, get the content and like sensationalize this or whatever. Like I, that's the other side of it is like, I think I'm honest. I think I'm real. I don't think I'm, you know, ever trying to be 
you know, excessively dramatic or anything like that. Like I said in that video, it's like, I know what I'm doing with titles and thumbnails, but that's just part of my job. That's not actually like always like what the bulk of the content is, if that makes sense, you know? So like, I think that's kind of the fine line is like, if I was a person who was, you know, uh, like a, um, what's the word that I can say that's not inappropriate. Um, I don't know, thirsty for views, like super thirsty, you know, and like was willing to like do anything like you would start to burn those bridges. And I care about those bridges because like I said, and like you said, I want to be able to have real relationships with people and make the IRL mm-hmm. content. But I think the cool thing and the thing that surprised me most is how much these guys realize the value of what I'm doing and have expressed that to me. Like everyone from like Grant, Micah, Bob, and even like Rick Shields have all expressed that like, you know, despite the fact that they appear in titles and thumbnails and I give my real opinion on them, they realize it's like a rising tide raises all ship and me talking about them in whatever, like they know I'm not hostile. They know I never have negative intentions towards them. But no matter what I'm doing or saying, it's always going to create buzz that rises this whole community. And that's obviously the, I say, I've said it in a million videos. That's my ultimate goal of this channel is to be like the hype man for YouTube golf. You know what I mean? Like I want to be, I want to be like, they call me the commissioner of YouTube golf or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, I like that. Like I want to be, you know, kind of like intermingling with these guys and helping to build them up and be able to promote stuff and like whatever. But Again, a big part of that is also just like always just saying what I think. And I don't think I can deviate from that. So, yeah. And so, as part of that, being that hype man or commissioner for, for YouTube golf, how do you then, I guess, effectively decide on what to report on? Is it always the biggest news of the day? Or, like I said, there's a lot of other, you know, YouTube golf is a very wide thing. You know what I mean? There's also a lot of other things going on. Do you try or is there is there a goal going forward to discover and, and dig up some other stuff? And as you grow this audience, you know, coming from zero audience to now having an audience and having that responsibility, like, where do I take them? What do I steer it? How do you decide what to report on and what the, the you know, what to put your effort into? Yeah, it's a good question. I think for me, it's like, it's always just like, do I think people will be interested in this you know like do i think my audience cares about this and like it's kind of funny because it's like you know you don't want to think of everything as just like ones and twos numbers views like is this going to blow up whatever but it's like at the same time views represent interest in a subject like views are the real-time metrics we have as creators to discern whether what you are making is interesting. And Mm -hmm. if you want to be a successful successful creator, you have to make interesting content. And I think any audience member would support you in wanting your videos to be interesting, you know, and to like provide them with something. So it's like, for me, it's just, it's always that. Like I know the framework of the content I'm creating, I enjoy. So that's that checked off, like I said, back to the Venn diagram. And then we look at what does the audience want? And then that's where I pull my decisions to make content from is like if i see i'm never short in ideas like it's just my brain goes a million miles a minute and has my whole life like coming up with ideas for me is the easiest thing on planet earth i could upload three videos a day about youtube golf and like no problem like it'd be super easy so i try to rein myself in and how i do that is like i really try to be particular about like am i certain that this video is gonna go one of ten you know what I mean? Which for like non-YouTubers means it's going to be a best performing video out of your last 10. And I try for the most part to post content that I think will like be better than any video I've ever posted or more interesting on some level. Um, 
that's never always going to be the case, but it's like good kind of like just baseline of like, you know, it's really easy to make crappy content and to make boring videos. So like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like don't put mm-hmm. out a video, just to put out a video, make sure you feel like there's going to be interest and intrigue from the audience and you're going to educate them on something or you're going to entertain them. Like that's the other weird, the funny thing with my channel too and how it's evolved. Is like, I feel like now too, I'm adding a lot more like entertainment style videos where it's like, it was at the beginning, just like, here's the facts and here's the news. And like, now it's just like, I'll post videos of me just like reacting to something like, again, like getting invited to YouTube masters. And like that video was like me in my backyard, like this in a thumbnail with nothing else. And it's like one of my better performing videos in the last three months. So like that stuff's wild. Um, but like, that's, it's, that's entertaining. It's genuine excitement. I'm being real I'm being raw. I'm connecting with my audience. So it's like, I realized the value prop of that as well. Yeah. So, Again, that's just kind of the baseline. It's like, do I think this is going to provide value to my audience and any of the props I promote? Again, covering news, like keeping them informed or entertaining. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the And part yeah. of the value prop becomes you at some point, right? Because like it, previous to that, when you had no audience, sure. people were coming to you because they wanted to hear whatever you were talking about. There's going to be a point where they're now fans of yours mm-hmm. and they're going to come like, like an announcement video like that, like you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Is because now they know who you are. They're invested mm-hmm. in what you're doing. They're watching you on a daily basis. So it kind of crosses over into that a little bit more. Um, and I think that that gives you options yeah. to take this channel in a whole bunch of other places. Yeah, it's super cool. It's super empowering, man. Like the support of this community is insane. Like I said, I've been doing this for three years. And like my channel in subscriber numbers is basically the same as my CrossFit channel now, which is nuts because that channel took me five years to build. This one took me five months. But the the support and like the rabidness of the audience, even though the subscriber numbers are the same is like 20 times more on this golf channel. Like I get so many more DMS than I ever did in the CrossFit world. I get like those videos, like that Rick Shields video, I think it's like 350 comments of people just being like, like so stoked for me and so supportive and like genuinely just like saying nice things. Like I I think the most comments I ever got on a CrossFit video would be like 50. You know what I mean? Even if it got like 30,000 views. So it's like, it's wild how much like genuinely engaged and like supportive this audience is. And like, I feel, and I appreciate it so much. And like, it's definitely, it's been really cool for me as a creator to like get to that point and feel that, you know, cause being a creator is the loneliest job on planet earth. Like you're, you're in your own head all the time and you're making all these decisions in a vacuum. And you know, you have these numbers on a screen, but those are vanity metrics and we all know what that can do to your you know mental health sometimes. So it's like, it can be tough to like keep going sometimes, you know, um, and having the support of an audience like that and seeing it day in and day out is like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy motivating. It's crazy exciting. And you're right. It makes me feel like I can do anything that I think my audience is going to enjoy and whatever. So. All right, guys, we'll get you right back to our interview with Nate Edwardson in just a second. But first, we want to thank this week's sponsor, one of those being Titleist. And guys, the new Vokey Design SM9 wedges are a product of superior handcrafted technology. And each one truly is an instrument of creative creative control. They're created from the most advanced materials. They're engineered to deliver ideal ball flight and spin. And the grinds are designed to release uh, your best wedge play possible. You really, truly have to feel it to believe it. I'm I'm been a big long proponent of this mic of going out there and get fit. I still remember our first ever uh, wedge fitting and how much our game improved just from that and just mm-hmm. knowing that we had the right tools in our hand, the scoring clubs. Right. Uh, and guys, re- remember this: there are many ways to make a wedge, but there's only one 
way to make a Vokey. The Titleist Vokey Design SM9 wedges, superior handcrafted technology. Like I said, you put them in your hands, you'll feel it, you'll see it. And really my thing, my advice to you is to get them dialed in with a proper fitting. But start that journey now by going to Vokey.com. Find out more about the SM9 wedges. Yeah, and I didn't even know what bounce was until that fitting. How funny is that? Also, I want to thank FootJoy, the number one shoe in golf, because they offer the widest selection of sizes, styles, and performance options of any golf shoe out there on the market, whether it's the all-new Hyperflex and Hyperflex Carbon, which we are loving, uh, or the Premier Series, which we love as well. Those Both those pairs are coming to Myrtle Beach. I love these shoes. They're comfortable. And guys, these are not only... They're worn by plenty of players on tour. Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Will Zelotoris, Cam Young. I can go on and on. So many players trust the brand. That's been number one forever. So trust your game to FootJoy, the number one shoe in golf. All right, let's get back to the interview with Nate. Hey, Nate, I got to go back to uh, YouTube Masters for a sec. I want to ask you about that. But first, you're in for a treat because we were fortunate enough to go to England in 2019 for Rick's YouTube Golf Day. And the man knows how to put on an event. So I have no doubt that this thing is going to be epic. Um, So what can we expect from you? It's later this year. What can we expect from it? I mean, do you have any ideas? You mean like from the tournament or from me? Just from you. Like what can the what can the audience see? Like what will you be doing? I know you're going to try to get some like BTS stuff, behind the scenes stuff while you're there, but uh, yeah. is, there a, is there anything you could share about the day? I'd like to say that like, you know, we're going to find out together because it's like I, I'm definitely not. And I think it's hard as a creator to like really sit down and map out the next six months or the next 12 months because mm-hmm. it's such, you know, an ever evolving thing. And like if, you know, I have the, like say for example, I'm like, yeah, I'm super excited to like do this like IRL content in Scottsdale and I'm going to do the exact same thing at the YouTube Masters. Well, if I go to Scottsdale and I do that content and it doesn't hit the way I want it to and I don't feel like it's providing enough value to my audience, then there's no way I'm doing that in at the YouTube Masters. I'm going to figure something else out, you know? Um, So that's just an example. I think that content's, I've already done a bit of it and I think it's going to be great. But like at the same time, like whatever, you know what I mean? So for me, it's going to be a big... I think Scottsdale is going to be a big kind of moment to like try out that style of content. And if sure. it does hit the way I think it, I think it should, then for sure, like you can probably expect pretty similar content as to what's going to come out of Scottsdale to that. The only difference is I don't really know. Like, so the, the, the good, good thing is like a YouTube video, like they're making a YouTube video. They're just making right. a big YouTube video. Really? It's not live streamed. I don't think there's going to be a crowd. Not really. Um, you know, it, it's really just they're making one of their YouTube videos, and I'm just kind of like there to be around it. Whereas the YouTube Masters, it's like Rick is gonna be live streaming this thing. There's gonna be hundreds of thousands of people watching online. There's going to be thousands of people in attendance there. It's gonna be more like a PGA Tour event, which is like so right. cool. Mm-hmm. So I think like the my involvement there, I don't know. Like I don't know. He said I'm going. That's all I know. So like whether that <laughs> that's means awesome. I'm I'm. Whether that means I'm playing, I don't know. Whether that means I'm doing, you know, I've like put it out like side. I'd love to do like, you know, Dottie Pepper, like sideline commentary, like walking and talking as mm-hmm. the players go up and down the course, like whatever. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see, man. But I think, I think for me, what I, you know, going back to the audience support thing is like, I do think, um, and kind of like you guys mentioned a minute ago, like there is definitely a, a big part of the audience that, you know, had come for the news and still comes for the news, but also you're right. is like there to support me now is interested in what I'm doing. And like, 
this journey, even in these five months, has been so mind-boggling. And like the opportunities that I have now with the Good Good Championships and YouTube Masters, like that's all so crazy. Like I I genuinely think a lot of the channel with this kind of stuff is just gonna be me trying to take people along for this journey, you know? And like mm-hmm. because of my background in documentary and blog style content, I think I have an opportunity to just like let these people live vicariously through me and do my best to like, you know, bring everyone along for this. And I think that is going to be really neat so like regardless of what i'm doing my point is i guess is like regardless of what i'm doing in the youtube masters i really think that like for the next few months i want to just bring people along for all of this craziness you know yeah, yeah. and like show people the behind the scenes and like really be raw and be real and be honest and like you know whatever like i think there's there's a lot of value with that and i think you can i have a great connection with this audience already and i just want to make that stronger i yeah. think um I'm confident that content is going to do really well for sure. Yeah, for sure. And especially because you are, as you say, you're, you're showing that you're walking that line really well where you're able to create in a way that both the other creators that you're reporting on and the audience both respect it. Cause it's so easy as you said to yeah. go one way or the other, you could go all audience and just say, I'm just going to say anything I want about these creators or yeah. you could get to the point where like, now you're friends with the creators and you're like, yeah. I won't report this. I won't report that. That might look bad. So it's it's a tougher yeah. line to walk than yep. a lot of people think what you're doing. But if you can hit that line and they respect you on both sides, I think then the sky's the limit with this thing. Yeah, totally. And I think that's definitely where I'm trying to be. And I think the interesting part is like, even before I had the relationships with the creators, like I knew that's where I wanted to be. Like I, there were certain things that like I just <clears> wouldn't. You know, there are certain ideas, like I, like I said earlier, I have three to five video ideas a day. That's every day of the week. Like I could make three to five videos every single day of the week. And a lot of those ideas sometimes come out as like these like slightly more like salacious, risky, like, ooh, like a little bit more hearsay, whatever. And like not in a comedic way, <laughs> like, you know, right. and like I w- way from the beginning, like w- when the good, good stuff was smacking because the breakup just happened. There are so many videos I didn't make because I'm like, no, like I'm not just going to talk crap about someone just to talk crap about about them for views. Like I won't do that. And so now that I'm like friends with them, it's like, well, it's easy to just keep not doing that because I wasn't doing that initially and I was never going to. It's not what I wanted this content to be. Um, So I think that helps in a way. But yeah, man, I mean, like the, the Rick Shields thing was like the one that blew my mind the most when he talked about me in the podcast and called me brilliant. Now my Instagram video or my Instagram bio is he's brilliant Rick Shields in quotes. It's like my favorite (laughs) thing ever. Um, But like that was just like, you know, I, I figured I'm like, these guys are smart. They make content. I think they understand the value in this. But there's always kind of that back of your mind risk of like, man, do these guys, like, I hope they don't just hate me. I hope they don't just think I'm like, whatever, like doing what negative commenters will say of like leeching and like whatever, all this stuff. And, you know, to get that like validation from literally every single big channel now in the YouTube golf world. And like now having them commenting on my videos and texting me all the time about videos and whatever, like that is really cool. And it does, like you said, it gives me that kind of now ability to like, expand into to use that to my and my audience's advantage a little bit you know in terms sure. of like you know connections and stuff for sure so let me let me then ask you this one last big question i'm going to ask you to break out your crystal sure. ball here a little bit because okay you mentioned before about you know how rabid the audience is <laughs> golf youtube mm-hmm. 
has exploded in the number of creators and everything like that. Um, we've seen its ability to to have channels pop off and grow. But as you said, there's also a bit of saturation. How many more ways can you show course, you know, on course content? All that stuff, you know, even thinking of Rick and now expanding into live events that are live and ticketed, people are there. All that in mind, where do you see YouTube golf headed? Where is its trajectory over the next year or two? Is there anything you think that might come out of the world work and surprise us? Is it more of the same? From your perspective, where do you think we're headed? Um, I'm definitely bullish on the future of YouTube golf, obviously. I'm like staking my whole life on it right now. Um, so I, I genuinely think people are going to be blown away by like how successful something like YouTube masters is going to be. Um, maybe not people inside the golf community. You'll probably be like, yep, that makes sense. But like people outside of it or who maybe are on the fringe of it, like casual viewers, like I, I a hundred percent see a world where like, you know, that live event in Adelaide last week, like that is just as big. Like we're just as big as that. You know what I mean? Like we're doing mm -hmm. an event. Like you've seen the good meetups in Chicago and like the rabidness of the fan base and like the, you know, I, I genuinely think it's going to be like an alternative tour almost. And there's going to be these live events that happen regularly and you're going to have your favorite creators that are playing and that are whatever. And like, it's going to be so much stronger than you know, I will, I'll never compare it to the PGA because I think that's completely different and there's so much history there, but like, it's going to be so much stronger than any other competitive tour because you, other competitive tours even live, like half the players you don't know, you definitely don't know anything about them, you know, whatever. You have genuine connections to these people. Like your audience members feel like they know you because they do, like they really do know mm -hmm. you, you know, and it's funny when you meet people in real life, like I've started to have people come up to me at golf courses now and whatever, say they watch my videos they know my whole life. They know everything about me and I know nothing about them. So then the whole, you know, conversation is just me asking about them and catching up with them. But like they, your audience really does feel invested in you. And so therefore when you, when you have, you know, someone you feel that way about, it's almost like watching your brother go to the Olympics, you know, or right. like whatever, right. like you feel so closely connected to the success of that person and to whatever. And so it's like that it, it's crazy, man. I think that's going to propel it in a way that, you know, traditional forms of like sport can't you know having this creator connection um is going to be crazy and i mean i think the creator economy as a whole has just grown so much over the last you know whatever you want to say however many years it's just exponential and long form storytelling like that's just still even with the advent of short form content like youtube is bigger than ever and it's still growing and you know i think there's always going to be a place for that and that type of connection with the creator so yeah, man, I think that's I think that's gonna blow people away, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be super awesome to hopefully be a part of it happening. So yeah, well, like you said, a lot of reasons there you you rattled off to be bullish about it. Um, so it, we're excited to see it, and we're excited to see where you take your channel, and and as you as I said, morph from uh, talking and telling us the the uh, the recaps, what's going on, to really getting in and getting involved with it, uh, while still retaining what got you there. Uh, it's gonna be mm -hmm. excited to watch and follow along. So. Appreciate you taking the time to hop on here and talk to us about it today. Best of luck with that journey, especially as you move towards expanding to those new things. And uh, I know we'll continue to watch and enjoy your channel. Uh, so uh, appreciate your time again today. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. It's fun.